I've celebrated Christmas many times and in many different ways, giving and receiving presents. We're just going to do a bit of a, a, a mime. Thank you very much. That was, that was well rehearsed. So we give and receive presents. We give and receive cards. Sometimes we eat a lot and drink a lot, don't we? We receive our families and our friends. We have a really special time, a good time. Yesterday morning, Jill was at work. And that meant that I had time to do some of the good things that I really, really like doing at Christmas time. And that was being thankful. Because we can be thankful for so many things, can't we? I'm thankful knowing that I've got good friends and good family that love me and sort of, if I need a bit of a helping hand, they'll tell me. And they'll encourage me and they'll sort of put me in the right direction. So that's all really encouraging. I know I've got some great gifts coming today. So it's in anticipation I was being thankful as well. So things like socks... I love socks, so that's great. I've CDs and books, and some of you know I like fake moustaches and fake moustache uh, and beards. And so maybe I might, if I don't get one of those today, I'm going to buy myself one next week because they're always jolly good to have for videos and things like that, aren't they? So I'm looking forward to that. And I know I've got a really colourful poncho coming as well that's waterproof, so I'm looking forward to that as well. All of those things. So I was thankful for those things, but... I'm thankful for something far greater than all of that as well. You've probably heard of the place called Ephesus, and it's in ruins now. It's on the west coast of Turkey. And so you can go to see the ruins, which some of us have, I know, and they're very grand. But in the early 60s AD, Paul the Apostle, he wrote a letter to them. He was in prison in Rome, and he wrote a letter to the church in Ephesus. And part of it says this. It's chapter 2. It wasn't so long ago that you were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. We all did it. All of us doing what we felt like doing, what we felt like doing, or when we felt like doing it, all of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with a whole lot of us. Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own, with no help from us. Then he picked us up and set us down in highest heaven, in company with Jesus, our Messiah. Now God has us where he wants us, with all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do work we had better be doing. It might seem a really strange thing to say on a Christmas morning, but a few years ago, I used to be a really horrible person. I was selfish. I was more concerned with me, myself and I than anyone else. I was ambitious for me. I wanted to get on with the world and and do things. I wanted to make a name for myself. 
I think we're all like that in various ways, aren't we? All of us can be selfish. We might have our good days, our good moments, but sometimes dross might come out of our mouths or our actions and we just don't feel that we're doing the right things. Hopefully, I'm much less horrible now than I was decades ago. And the amazing thing is, it's all because God has done something in my life. God has been radical with me and changed me. I didn't have anything to do with it, just like Paul was saying in that reading. But it's God that's done something in me. At the beginning of human history, mankind and God had a brilliant relationship. But with bad, bad ideas and bad decisions, things didn't go to plan with, with what God wanted. Sin came into the world, and that was a, a barrier to seeing God. Sometimes when you're driving in a strange place, you can see a no-entry sign, and you think, oh, no, I really wanted to go there. And there was definitely a no-entry sign between us and God. There's no way we could approach him because of our behaviour, our ideas, and the way we behaved. We all know the Christmas story. And we know that the angels were really excited and singing glory to God in the highest peace on earth. But the thing was, the thing that gets me excited, they didn't just keep it to themselves. By chance, there were some shepherds just where the the angels were singing and do you think they were dancing as well? They were doing all kinds of stuff. I'm poetting and all sorts, but they were really going for it. And these shepherds were there as well. And they saw the angels getting excited about this baby being born. And the amazing thing is, the angels didn't just put on a show and say, yeah, we know all about it. We've known for centuries, millennia, what God's doing. It's news to you, but you can't do anything about it. You can't go. You can't be part of it. No, it's the complete opposite. The angels knew what was happening about the saviour of the world being born. And they said to the shepherds, these stinky people that weren't well liked, the bottom of society, they said, go to Jesus. Go near to him. Worship him and be changed by him. And that's just what they did. And yet they were so looked down on, so base in a way. A few months later, these wise men came along, or magi, or astrologers, and they too followed a star, but when they got to where Jesus was, the Messiah, they were invited in. God said to them, come close to me, come and worship me, come and be changed by me. And that's what they did. They went in and presented their gifts to the baby. There's a baby over here. So they went and presented their gifts to the baby, the famous gold, the frankincense and myrrh, because God had said, come near to me, come and worship me, and come and be changed by me. Today, God gives us that same invitation. Come and close to me. Come and be thankful, but don't just be thankful about presents and good times and lovely food and lovely company. Come and be thankful for me, your saviour. Come and be thankful for what I've done. Come and be thankful that I came to earth. And so today he says, come to me, even in your business. Come to me. Come near. 
Come and be thankful. Come and worship. And come and be changed. We've all got that invitation to us. And that invitation that Fiona read out is an invitation for all of us as well. If we practice Jesus every way, it would be like Christmas every day. If we, like him, were meek and mild and loved each woman, man and child, if we'd read our Bible, it would remind us so that every single day would find us more and more in sweet accord with our sweet Jesus, Master Lord. Then every day that we're alive would be like December 25. Let's practice being like Jesus in our lives. Let's practice being thankful. The best way to do that is to get close to him and say, Lord, I'm coming to you. You've given me an invitation to come close, to worship and to be changed. And that's what I'm going to do.